kua tai ki te wā e huri ai o tātou whakaaro ki te ipu ahu whenua. He taonga tuku iho nō tātou tipuna kia tātou. As we think about the Ahu Whenua Trophy, we salute our forebears who established this kaupapa and those who carry it on today. E ngā mana, e ngā reo, e ngā kārangaranga maha o te motu no mai haramai ki tēnei hōtaka a te ahika. Kwa tēnei, ko Justine Murray. Welcome to this week's Te Ahika Show on Radio New Zealand National. In tonight's broadcast... Te Roroa Daniel Ambler is a man of many parts, a reverend, poet, philosopher, and, in his own words, a dreamer. On her trip to Te Taitokino in April, Daniel Ambler accompanied Mariah Rakuraku to Waipawa Forest to visit the great Cody tree, Tane Mahuta. If you look at Tane Mahuta, where we're standing, you're looking at us as a people. The land... The tree are part of us. We can't be separated from the land or the forest. If you look at everything living, that's all part of God's gifts, including us. Tonga handed to us on a plate to look after. Māori farming comes under the spotlight every year via the Ahuwhenua Māori Farming Awards. Every two years, alternating between sheep and beef farming and dairy farming. This year, though, there's a new award. So for the first time as part of the uh, competition, uh, we had a young Māori uh, trainee uh, award. We saw a a major need in the market to encourage uh, young Māori to become involved in uh, the primary industry sector and more particularly in farming. Kingi Smiler, the chairman of the Ahu Whenua Trophy Management Committee, he gives an overview of the competition a little bit later on. At only 16 years old, Magic Polder is hanging out with the stars of Māori music. Tonight she gives us her rendition of Fitzi Te Marama from the album Herangi Pai Huerere, where some of today's Māori artists give their own spin on Hirini Melbourne Waiata. Nā reira, koe ranga kaupapa kōrero i tēnei pō, that's the line-up in tonight's show. Kei te pakarongo mai rā ki te ahika. As the Māori liaison officer or kaitaka wainga for the Hutt City Council, Alma Andrews is one busy woman. A project that she's coordinating this year is the Marae Civil Defence Emergency Plan, which involves people from Marae in the Hutt region, all with the aim to increase their awareness of handling emergency evacuation situations. Basically, their Marae was set up to cope with large numbers of people. A few months on, and things haven't slowed down. I talked to Alma Andrews about their next phase of planning. Ko Alma Andrews no Waikato. Tera te taho tōku pāpā no tiatiawa ngai tahu. Tera era ngā, ngā taho ōku tōku whaia. Kia ora, kia ora, Alma. So, Alma, um, kaitaka wanga kaupapa Māori for people who don't really understand what that title is. What What is your role here? Well, I look after everything that has to do with uh, kaupapa Māori uh, for council and for the city. Uh, the role is huge. Um, from policy to Twitter Waitangi to community events to education, 
uh, advisory, advocacy. So you must have many different portai or hats, and you must be a very busy, busy lady, you know, going by what your mahi is. Yes, um, it's a privilege to have the role that I have got, and it's a privilege to work with the different divisions within council. Um, obviously, I don't have the, the the knowledge when it comes to the RMA, but I do have some basic knowledge around that when it comes to consents. When our people are looking for guidelines regarding consents and approvals, planning, they'd come to me first, and then I'd I'd take them to meet with the the staff um, to discuss what what it is that they need. Likewise, with our community development staff, um, they work out in the out in the community, but their role is around. Um, um, Anything that's not specifically Māori, I guess, um, if there is a Māori component in the work that they are doing, then they come to me. Um, I, I give them advice. Um, I guide them through different processes. Um, yeah, so the job is huge. Um, the first week in March, for example, we had uh, 2,500 Manuhiri come from over from the, well, involved in the 2012 Australasian emergency services games and um, they were looking for a rōpū to pōhiri, all these manuhiri, into the city. So I found that as an opportunity to work with the three colleges who are going to represent uh, Te Awakaurangi and Wairarapa um, at the secondary schools nationals or Kapahaka nationals in Whangarei in July. Found, I saw that as an opportunity to bring these three schools in with our staff Kapahaka rōpū to... Uh, Hakapohiri, all these manuhiri, and it was an opportunity to for the schools to raise some money to help for the, you know, for the kids' expenses to go up to Whangarei, things like that. So, Al, I suppose the, um, the reason really um, why I'm talking to you today, and it sounds like you're a very, very busy woman, is um, another project that's keeping you, that's also involved in your busy schedule, is um, the COPAP or the project of civil defence and, and, and marae and welfare preparedness plans. On the 31st of March, which we covered on Te Ahikā, you can head to our website to listen to that audio. Can we recap on which marae were involved? Koraunui in Stokes Valley, Te Mangungu in Nainai, Wanyomata over at Wanyomata, Kōkiri marae down at um, Graceville, Te Tatao Te Pō on Hutt Road, um, Manaya, which is on He Koikoi Reserve in Seaview, and Ngahauefa or Paparārangi, which is over in Newlands and Wellington. So that's quite a few marae that have come, come together. And how are these marae representative? Do you have a committee or a collective? It is a collective, um, and I felt that it was important that the marae come together as a collective, so that and they understood too that they could bounce ideas off one another. They could get the support that they wanted from one another as their plans were being put into place. Uh, off the back of that collective, um, they appointed a subcommittee to represent them um, to work with the Hutt Valley Emergency Management Office to look at the Ministry of Civil Defence Resilience Fund to uh, put an application to the Ministry to um, purch or fund the purchase of equipment that is not based on a marae from a one-to-one, -one, on a day-to-day -day basis, um, and equipment such as uh, water tanks, generators, all that sort of stuff. So these are the practical um, issues that need to be addressed as marae, and they were. 
what happens, and this is the real question, this is the real pathway, I suppose, what happens if there's a natural disaster and the practical things that Marae can do to cope with it? And this, this is part of the committee or the issues that they address now, like the water tanks. It's a, a responsibility that has been allocated to the Resilience Committee to, in the end, provide, uh, acquire all this equipment to put onto each of these marae so that they can, so they're confident knowing that if the power goes out, for example, they've got generators to, you know, provide those services to their immediate communities. If, if the water is out, they've got water tanks um, that they, they know the water will be there for their communities. So in front of us, Alma, we have a four-page report, uh, Kōkiri Marae Kiriana Olsen Trust, who administer the funding putia that was provided by TPK, or Te Puni Kōkiri, to run this project. Now, an another issue that we sort of raised before, Alma, um, um, in terms of tikanga, uh, marae tikanga and the implications that setting up a welfare centre has, for example, um, practically, I imagine that you wouldn't welcome each lot of manuhiri on if they want, if they're evacuees. The cope of uh, having animals that have uh, come into the welfare centre uh, near the back of the kitchen area near Kai. Well, as you've just said, each marae has its own um, kawa and um, you know, and tikanga. And what's come out of this is on their individual marae civil defence welfare centre plans, they have allocated different areas that will be suitable for animals, people's pets, when they bring them to the marae. Um, and it was something that each marae had to take into consideration because they hadn't been faced with that before. So certainly they, they, they all realised that you know most of them have pets at home and the last thing they want to be doing is leaving their pets at home and they go seek some safety without them. To my knowledge, each marae has made provision for an area of the marae to be set aside for animals. The organisation that's responsible for looking after those um, animals is um, Animal Control, um, but I can only speak for our Hatsuri uh, Council Animal Control um, and the marae that live within the, within Hatsuri, well, Lower Hut itself. So yes, um, some great outcomes have come out of that piece of uh, work that had to be done. What are we going to do with our babies, our pets? <laughs> so I'm thinking, like, if a komatua is supportive of setting up a wellness centre at their marae, then there needs to be an adjustment of tikanga. So is, a co is, it, is, a, is it the komatua role? Would the evacuees as um, going on to the... I mean, would they be welcomed on with a pōhiri? Um, we've found uh, through our experience with looking after the evacuees from Christchurch last year in February that um, it wasn't good to have pōhiri because the, those people came, um, they were, in, in most of the cases, very shaken up. Um, so, and I found that um, Komatua were um, willing to just whakatau, have karakia, um, rather than, you know, this full-on pōhiri thing that we do have, especially when you're wawaitapu, but in that case... Um, I can say that our Kaumatua made some really wonderful decisions. Their first um, need was to look after these people that were coming into the marae. The, most of those um, people were adults with young babies and tamariki, you know, mokopuna. 
So in those situ in that situation, um, it was great because they were terrified. Even sitting through the first pohiri that took place, then they realised that they had to change their <coughs> change something to make it fit the whānau that were coming in. An example being that um, they, they, the first lot came into the marae, um, sat, the marae being next to a roadway, the trucks shaking the building, terrifying the whānau. So you're talking about Pipitia marae centrally? No, Te Kākono Te Aroha. Yeah, so they made uh, changes to how they were going to bring uh, the evacuees from Christchurch onto their marae, and it was all around making the whānau feel a lot more at ease rather than going through the pōhiri process, um, you know, and, and sit, seeing them sitting there and shaking every time the, a truck went past and shaking the building, and it just, you could see the, the, the terror. Um, yeah, so they changed their ways and sort of a, a whakatau um, type, um, you know, greeting, if you like, uh, for, for those families. Mm. Kia ora, Alma. So, Alma, um, you know, people who are listening to our kōrero about marae and, and welfare preparedness, that doesn't necessarily translate to their local marae being a welfare centre near. You've, we're just talking about specific marae that we mentioned in the start. How do people find out where their nearest welfare centre is if they live, they happen to live next to a marae? You sh they may not necessarily go there near. Um, ngā hauepa o paparararangi in Newlands uh, held a, a neighbourhood day during neighbourhood week and one of the key purposes for, for that was um, for them as an organisation to be able to go out into their community and invite them to Ngahawefa so that in the event of a, a disaster they would know they could actually meet on a face-to-face you know, meet face to face, talk about these things during the uh, neighbourhood day. So, um, my thoughts on um, on this type of uh, event for any marae is to get to know your neighbours because, like they did at uh, Ngahui Far, because within your immediate neighbourhood you may have doctors, you may have nurses uh, that are, um, you, you may have anyone. There's a lot of schools out there and they surround your marae. So, yes, I would say, yes, get to know your neighbour. Get to know your neighbours. <laughs> Kia ora, Alma Andrews there, Kaitakawainga at the Hutt City Council. And you'll hear more about her work later on in the year. I'm Justine Murray, and this is Te Ahika. A few weeks ago, we had Chris CK on Te Ahika talking about his book, Rahui. Rahui is a process where a ban or prohibition is placed upon an area for a range of reasons. In his book, Arahui was placed on a beach following the drowning of a child. But Arahui can also be used to allow rejuvenation of, say, kai, or even in the case of containing a disease, which is something that could be proposed at Waipawa Forest. Now, this is could be. It hasn't been, and there isn't Arahui at Waipawa at present. That's important. It's just something that could be looked at in the future, should the Cody dieback disease continue. As the kaitiaki of Waipawa Forest, Te Roroa iwi are as diverse as the trees in the forest, so their opinions are as diverse, and we're about to hear from one of them, Te Roroa Kaumatua, Daniel Ambler. Now we're driving, how far, how far in are we in Waipawa? We're just... At the, at the entrance. Okay, now this, so you want the Rahui to start from the 
covering the whole of Waipoa. Yeah, yeah, like uh, from here, from the entrance here. All the way and, through. Uh, yeah, the main reason for the Rahui is the protection of the of the forest. The connection between the forest, the land and the sea. They can't be separated. When I say that, we're also part and parcel of the forest, the land and sea. So if we're looking after the forest, then we're looking after ourselves as well. But more importantly, we're looking after it for the past, the present, and the future. Now, Daniel, is this the main highway yep. that we're on? State Highway 12. So if Arahui was placed upon the forest, yep. how could it be monitored with a state highway going through it? We wouldn't we wouldn't be closing the road. What we're closing is the entry into the forest. This is part of the strategy yeah. to uh, to deal with the situation with the Cody dieback. Yeah. Which is a disease yeah. that is killing off Cody. And that's one of the things that Waipoa is, known, is very much known for, isn't it? Yeah. All yeah. its Cody trees. And you haven't seen the Cody. Hey. I've never seen a I've never seen oh. Mahuta, and I've never seen a Cody tree. Oh. Apart from when it's been a table. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, sign. Yeah. Big Cody tree, Tanimahuta. Four hundred meters. So as we're going through here, it's just I can I recognise some of these trees. Yeah. It's Kapama. Lots of them. So these form the floor of a um of Onuyatani, doesn't it? This is the big tree just over here. You can see a caravan just Tane Mahita. That's it. There's a caravan. Yeah. And this is where you can park up, I'm you assuming. You can park anywhere, both sides of the road here. Oh, the caravan sells refreshments. Yeah, and it's a girl from Tororoa that runs it. Gosh, how many people do you think come through here? Thousands. Thousands, yeah. How long has the Rako been a tourist? Oh, way before my time. Yeah. In regards to the age of the forest, we're still in our nappies. <laughs> yeah. We're a three minute walk away from. Oh, five minutes return. Gee. Yeah. Okay, just making our way across the bridge. Gosh, how many times have you been in, been over this bridge, Daniel? Many, many times. <laughs> yeah. So what's happening is 
people are coming here and the sprinkling ashes yeah. of their relations. We've got no idea of who comes in to disperse the ashes of their loved ones around the tree. No idea at all. Well, because it's open and it's not monitored. Yeah. Hello. And there are signs all over the place saying, keep Cody strong, please stay on the path. Yep. Passing a few people. Hiya. Yeah, it, it's good to hear the tui and the birds. You can hear them. I can hear them. Hear that? Did you? I just heard it. And did you hear? That is the pigeon flying. And this is where they spread the ashes around, just around the other street here. My goodness. That is huge. How tall is Tanumahu to Daniel? Here, look. The information is there. Okay, so trunk height is 17.7 metres. Yeah. The total height is 51.5 metres. Now, the total height would be including all the foliage and the leaves at the st and branches at the top. Yeah, yeah. The trunk girth is 13.8 metres. The trunk volume is 244 Point five. Mm. So what it says here is that Tāne Mahuta is the largest living kodi tree in New Zealand. Yep. It's difficult to estimate the age of Tāne Mahuta, but maybe that Tāne Mahuta sprang from seed around 2,000 years ago during the time of Christ. Is there a tree that's bigger than that one? <laughs> Have you seen one? You are in the pres presence of one of the most ancient of trees. Tane Mahata, the lord of the forest. Now, Daniel, on the signposting there, it says yeah. that the roots are quite delicate. So, yeah. people, how far away are we from the actual trunk of the tree? Here. Here would be about five, six metres. That's okay. about all. Okay, and we're sitting on a... The roots go right under us. We're standing on a viewing platform here. Yeah. And if ashes are being sprinkled over here, yeah. they actually are getting sprinkled on the roots. Yeah, yeah. They are getting sprinkled on the roots. Perhaps if you could explain... Why that is offensive to Māori? If you look at Tanamahuta, where we're standing, you're looking at us as a people. The land, the tree, are part of us. We can't be separated from the land or the forest. If you look at everything living, 
That's all part of God's gifts, including us. Tonga, treasures handed to us on a plate to look after that belong to, not just to us, but belong to the past, the present, which is us, and the future, which is the mokupuna and that that's coming. And what we're looking at now are part of the three. Because the children in their time will grow with what's here. And we need to respect those skips in our treaty. But our tonga are guaranteed protection. That's where we're coming from. But if you could explain, why is it offensive? Is it because you don't know who they are? No, no. Because? It, because we've put Urupa places set aside for the burial of our people, for the protection, and so that nothing can happen to others, whereby they walk into our Urupa and become sick, something like that then we know that when we go there, if we go to bury somebody there, if we go to visit, we wash our hands, we have prayers. And that is for the protection of ourselves and those that we meet up with. It is offensive when somebody brings in ashes of their dead and sprinkle it over us. We look at our dead as being treasures, whether they're dead or alive. It's out of that respect that we look after our dead. And we expect other people to respect their dead in our country the same way as we do. Daniel then shows Mariah a part of the tree where he climbed as a young person. The sheer scale of the position where Daniel planted himself is a bit of a surprise. See this branch up here with the gum hanging down the broken branch? Oh yes, yes. Yeah. That branch, that branch is out that way from it? Yes. That's where that photo's home? that I'm sitting in the tree, that's where it was. No! (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So did you climb it, or is that...? Yeah, I climbed it by rope. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So... There's a forest up there in the tree itself. It is an awesome tree. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It doesn't look very high up there from here. No, it doesn't. But you get up there and it, <laughs> it actually looks two or three times as oh. high 
Oh, as far down to the ground. I, mean, I, I am kind of getting a little bit dizzy looking up at it. <laughs> yeah. You've got to really bend your back back and crane your neck right up. So this is Dani Mahuta. I mean, are there Cody throughout this? Yeah, yeah. Throughout Ma- Waipawa? Matu Nahiri is actually squatter, but seems to be larger. So Matu Nahiri is another... Yeah. It's just like off the road a bit, yeah. Oh, just come around here. Yes. Um, because this was the old track in. You what we're walking have, on now? Yeah. You used to walk around that way and go out this way. Actually, uh, there's, see, there's one tree over there, but up to Matu and I here, there's more, more cowdy groves. As you walk in, you see Cody like that, you know? Oh, yes, I see. More. So Cody, from my untrained eye, yeah. I can see why. Wow! Yeah. <coughs> that is tall, man. Why they were um, selected for things like waka, because yeah. they're straight. Yeah, and see, you can see how long that is. They're and long and they're straight. Yeah. Hey. And, and it'd be so easy yes. to build a waka out of the me. Yeah. Yes, because, ah, oh, but what a mission to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then back in the days when there were no bulldozers. <laughs> no, that's right. But, you know, Māori improvised. And... and We've learned the art, or forgotten the art, of how to do things with without mechanical things. And this time of the year is when the kiriru are feeding on the middle. Getting fat and plump. Uh, yeah. And you don't look for them, you listen. You hear the flight of them, and then they perch, and because they're eating berries, when they tickle, you listen for the berry drop on the ground, and then you go to that place and look up. Yeah. Here. Here, now. Come here. Just up here. Just in here. Okay, how far up is it? I'm just trying to see if I can see the kitty. You there? I can hear it. Oh. That's it. Another one. See? That's it there. No, that, that's it. Still there. Amazing, eh? Yeah. yeah. I can hear it.
Esta pizza. And that's your tree. Now, I'm guessing that there have also been talks at some stage to charge. Yeah. How I feel personally, I don't know whether the rest of Tarullo feel the same way, but when you've got treasures, the treasures aren't to make money. The, the treasures are for you to enjoy. And yet, money tends to poison the subject. And I've yet to hear the alternative to that. Some things in life, doesn't matter what you've got, if you want them, you can't have them. Money can't buy them. And those things within Tororoa that are Tonga are not for sale. They're to be treasured. And I think uh, if, if people can get enjoyment out of them, the way I feel about it is that that's a value, monetary value. Hmm. Maybe one day we'll have a better way of examining what we have and getting the true value of what we have. But it sure is not money. We live in it, a world that's money-oriented, though, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, but... And money's the currency. Money's the currency. For anything. Yeah, but as far as Tararoa is concerned, we're not for sale. <laughs> Hello. Gosh, busy, busy, busy. They're feeding the tuna. Ah, oh. is, hey. is there a big fat tuna in there? Oh, yeah. There. Oh, where? He probably won't come up. He says, you're late at feeding me, so I ain't going to come up. <laughs> oh, you want to see him, Uncle Daniel? He's massive. Yeah? Yeah? Like, we're about looking at a big... Ooh. About that, I mean, about that long and that fat. Oh. So... I usually call out them, but I'm not calling out in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? I just call him our Taonga. <laughs> That's all I call him, our Taonga. And, and the Japanese were standing beside me when I was feeding him. And I said to the man, you do not eat him, he's our Taonga. Taonga. <laughs> 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 and then I throw the bit and the bread over. Does it help if we say it too? <laughs> <laughs> or does he only respond to your voice? How do I get the kai? How do I? No, he'll tell that's a different voice. <laughs> Maybe she might want How to make it the kai? Did that sound a little bit more like your yeah, voice? <laughs> Kind of a growling, kind of a, kind of a karanga, kind of a growling. All right. Yeah. Shina, your kai caravans just across the road there. How many people are you seeing? Do most tourists come in and stop for a kai as well? Yeah, no. 
him come in and just go and see the tree then out. Yeah, it's a pretty fast day. They come in, take a picture and they're gone. Some would say you're not really experiencing it. Yeah. you got to yeah. take yeah. time with it, eh? I'll tell you the feedback from the tourists though, they love it, eh? They said um, today how they felt. Oh, it was our own people, actually, sorry. And they said, yeah, well, can you feel the wairua? They said, yes. Maraia then comes across a few out-of-towners. How'd you find that? Yeah, <laughs> really good. Yeah, lovely. Did you like that? Yes. Is that the biggest tree you've ever seen? Yes. In the whole world? Yes. <laughs> Look, you're going to go on radio. It's really big and thick. You've come from England? Yeah. How long have you been in New Zealand for? Um, about a week. And where have you been to so far? Uh, Bear Islands. Uh, Cape Regina. Cape Regina. Uh, I can't remember anywhere else. Auckland. Thank you. What's your name? Will. Will, how old are you? Ten. Hey, Dad. How was that? That was fantastic. Yeah, that's the oldest living thing I've ever seen. Very high, very wide, and very, very old. Yeah. Perfect. So you're not allowed to bring animals in here either, are you? No. no and uh, and we not... passed someone as we were walking out yeah, who had a, a dog, dog. Mm. in her jacket. They slipped that one past me. <laughs> yeah, it was in her jacket. Yeah. By crikey's. Yeah, and you're not supposed to take anything out of here? Yeah, no, no greenery, anything like that. Yeah. No plants? But I guess it's that thing if it's not getting policed. They'll just take it, and we've, we've told them up the other car park not to take any you know, the greenery out. If everybody takes something out of here, we're going to have no forest left. Like plants? Plants. Well, I better head back. Man, does, doesn't the fear of, uh, <laughs> of anything stop them from doing stuff like that? In our bush, man, we don't take anything, because <laughs> uh, you want to have a good sleep that night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right, Otherwise, eh? geez, you don't. So, oh. I tell you what, when I said about that one that came on the motorbike, he, I said to him, you know, you just leave your bike out there. And, and I said to him, um, I'm there to watch your bike. I said, respect our tanga. Walking like everybody else. And then I said, told him the, the kōrero about a fella that shot at the sign here, Uncle Daniel. Yep. Shot at the sign there. Shot, there were uh, bullets, rifles, shells out there. Oh. And they found that person, the, the police came up looking for him, dead. In the car that time, remember? They were trying to look for a fellow in the... Then they found him in the forest. So, yeah, the way they were here is very strong, and that's what people need to realise. If you don't respect it, it comes back and hits you. It's not to be trifled with. That's it, mm. not to mm. be trifled with. Manaya Rakuraku with Teroroa Koma to a Daniel Ambler and his niece Sheena at Waipawa Forest. Just to reiterate, Arahui hasn't been placed at Waipawa. At the beginning of that interview with Manaya, Daniel Ambler was showing Manaya where a potential Rahui could be applied to contain and eliminate Cody dieback, the tree disease killing Cody. Once again, Arahui hasn't been applied. 
This is Te Ahika. If you'd like to get in touch, you can check out the webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash Te Ahika. There you can listen to this week's show and previous shows. You can also email myself or Mariah, tiahika at radionz.co.nz or find us on Facebook, search Tiahika. 16-year-old Magic Polder with her rendition of Fitzy Temarama. Magic will feature as part of this year's lineup at Pau Pau Pau, held in Wellington on June 16. Tokyo. Now, speaking of young people and their talent this year, as part of the Ahu Whenua Awards, it was the inaugural Ahu Whenua Young Māori Trainees Cadet Award, which basically recognises efforts in farming for those aged between 16 to 25 years old. This year's finalists included Tyson Kelly, a farmhand in Tiawamutu of Tūhoi Whakatohia, Tangaroa Walker, a farm manager at Toa Farms in the Southland of Ngāti Ranginui and Ngāti Pukinga, and Mark Coughland, a farm assistant on Wairarapa Moana Farms Dairy 2, Mangakino of Tūhoi and Ngāti Tai. Aside from that, there's the award given to one of the three finalists for the excellence in dairy farming. And with me on the line, I'm joined with Kingi Smiler. Kia ora, Kingi. Uh, kia ora, Justine. Uh, ko Kingi Smiler hau, uh, no Nanti Katandunu, uh, me te aitanga mahaki, uh, me te atiawa. Kia ora, tēnā koe, Kingi. Tēnā koe. Now, Kingi, it's a little bit different this year because um, it's, it's the inaugural um, Ahu Whenua Young Māori Trainee Cadet Award. Yes, so for the first time as part of the uh, competition, uh, we had a young Māori uh, trainee uh, award. We saw a, a major need in the market to encourage uh, young Māori to become involved in uh, the primary industry sector and more particularly in farming. And so uh, a group of our sponsors specifically uh, sponsored this particular program and they've been around the country um, uh, interviewing all the entrants and we had uh, a large number of entrants. I think it was uh, as many as 20 entrants have been interviewed and there's been a short list of three finalists. Kapai, and, and what will it mean for the, for the winner? Uh, well, for these uh, young fellows, I think it will provide, um, you know, the motivation and of the recognition of where they've got to at this stage of their development and will sort of showcase them to um, uh, the rest of uh, our industry and I think we'll, in, and people will sort of start taking notice of them and I think we'll provide them for uh, greater opportunities and for succession both uh, within their own uh, whānau trusts and incorporations and certainly to the wider Māori business sector. And you had to be um, aged between 16 and 25 years. That's correct. And was this something that was always in the pipeline to have as part of the, as part of the Ahu Whenua Awards? Uh, no, certainly it's been completely new. Mm. Uh, probably the, uh, the seedlings of the idea probably commenced probably two or three years ago now. And it's sort of just uh, taken some time for it to sort of be brought together. And the sort of uh, uh, initial driver was... Um, uh, John Pucky from the Murray Trust Office, and when he was Murray Trustee, uh, he, together with the, um, the Minister uh, of Murray Affairs, uh, were agreed that this was a program that needed to be supported. And, uh, and so both of them, uh, Pitter Sharples, uh, along with John Pucky, were instrumental in making sure that uh, the program got off the ground this year. 
Kia ora. Now, as part of, so that's the Ahuwhenua Young Māori Trainee Cadet Award. Of course, there's the, the big award, and that is this year it's uh, dairy farming. Just give us a brief overview, um, please, Kingi, about uh, what um, the three finalists, Tauhara Moana Trust, uh, Kapinga M Trust, and uh, Whare Pi Whano Trust um, brought to the table in terms of their efforts in, in dairy farming. There, uh, it's a very intensive judging process uh, to select uh, the three finalists. Uh, we have two rounds of judging. The first round set of judges uh, judge all of the entrants and uh, they select uh, the three finalists. And uh, certainly this year that was a, a very difficult process for the first round judges. And then we have a totally new set of judges uh, that uh, spend um, a full two days with each of the finalists um, judging them across a range of criteria and the key criteria that they get judged on is around their governance and leadership, uh, nga tikanga Māori and how they're uh, being successful in their roles as uh, kaitaki, not just of the whenua, uh, but it's also in terms of how um, they uh, work within their own communities and amongst their own people uh, and the development that they show there um, and also uh, sort of uh, providing best practice on farm around financial performance, productivity, uh, how they look after their stock and how they're building uh, sustainable businesses uh, within the total environment um, uh, to be successful um, agribusiness entities. And all three um, finalists here clearly uh, demonstrate all of those values and in meeting those criteria and are of extremely high standard. Aye, and what I kind of noticed about it is that Tauharamwana Trust is Taupo, Kapinga M Trust, Rotorua, Whareapi, Whanau Trust, Te Puke. Um, bit of a bay of plenty. <laughs> there was certainly uh, the emphasis this year was the central plateau, but certainly there were entrants from mm. uh, all of the regions. regions. Uh, but as I said, it was uh, fairly tight uh, in all of that judging components and... Uh, and certainly at the end of the day, out of all of the entrants in, um, uh, in the dairy competition is that we actually s- re- uh, select three finalists uh, for uh, the whole country. So it's not done on a regional basis. Right, yeah. It's just... purely done on who are the best entrants uh, of those that entered for the competition during the year. And um, it turns out that um, all the three top-ranked uh, finalists were all from the Central Plateau. The awards were held on Friday night in Auckland and a big congratulations to all the winners. Nā mihi nui, kia koutou kaitoa. To get in touch with either myself or Moraya, first you can find us on Facebook. Whānau mā, search Tiahi Ka, that's T-E-A-H-I-K-A-A. Click like and you'll get our weekly updates. And if you just joined us and missed the show, it's at our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash Tiahi Ka. Click the link at the top of that page that says, listen to this programme. Easy as. Anera a kingi smiler anō, who we just heard from with this week's Whakatauki. Kua tai ki te wā e huri ai o tātou whakāro ki te ipu ahu whenua e taonga tuku iho nō tātou tupuna ki a tātou. Nō reira koutou, nā ko kanohi ora o rātou mā tēnā tātou kato. As we think about the Ahu Whenua Trophy, we salute our forebears who established this kaupapa and those who carried it on today. Therefore, to all of us living, I greet you.
ko kingi smala hau uh, no nati karandunu uh, meti aitanga mahaki uh, meti atiawa. Coming up later on this month, yep, it's that time of the year, Matariki, or the Māori New Year. We'll give you the lowdown on what's happening around Aotearoa. Let us know what you're planning. He mihi tēnei ki ngā kai kōrero i tēnei wiki. He mihi anō ki ngā kai rā wiki wiki mihini. Mai te whanau a tiahi kā ki a tātou katoa, Māori ora.